retransmission by me, Donald Dean. Make me an island. Hello and welcome to Make Me an Island of Ireland, episode 37, year 2, version 2021. To each and every one of you islanders, happy new lockdown. I write this on a freezing cold January 6th in the midst of a Dublin sleet storm and uncertain times for Ireland and the wider world. All I can say for sure is that like the last two, Make Me an Island will be coming to you weekly for the duration of lockdown number three. Out of this pandemic we were born and through it we will prevail. So set your podcast alarms for Sundays and together we will make holy the Sabbath all the way through January. Now should your New Year's resolutions include the supporting of private service broadcasting, then you can help the making of these islands over on Patreon. Again today we are back in the Sugar Club and it being Nulloch Naman, we invited the wonderful Branwyn to join us for an illustrated guide through the work of some inspirational female artists from the world over, as well as to hear her play some songs from her masterful solo debut record from last year, Hunted and Haunted. And that's where we begin, from that, this, Wildwood. Lying in wait there was danger underfoot, and beastly creatures bled me dry without a sound. Thank you. 
You're very welcome to the Sugar Club and to Make Me an Island. Even though it's December 13th, we're making like it's January 6th. So uh, I couldn't think of a better guest for um, Nolag Naman. So Nolag Naman Hona Duit Branwin and very welcome okay, to Make yeah. Me an Island. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, it's, it's brilliant to have you here. We're going to talk about some um, music uh, by people other than yourself, but Thankfully, you're also going to play some songs live that I'm delighted to say. Um, so the first one, Bradman. Um, so this one is called Cedar Tree, and this is my unapologetic trucker song. So <laughs> <laughs> don't uh. apologize. Never. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> I don't know if you uh, ever watched the Late Late Show, but you know the musical guests that would play a song and then they'd get invited to come over and sit on the couch with the really important ones? Bradman, <laughs> um, the album from which that's taken, you released last year, right? Yeah. And it's called? 
And um, so it's on Bandcamp, everybody. I'd urge you to go even right at the beginning, um, but you'll be even more inclined after at the end. Um, we're going to get to talk a little bit about that, right? But just to get ease us into the proceedings, um, I asked you to pick um, some choices, some musical choices. And um, there's some amazing stuff on the way. Now, the one that, that um, stood out as being very different is the opening one. And it's, uh, it's one that uh, I fully approve of, highly approve of, um, is Kristen Hirsch uh, with Throwing Muses. So tell us about what you feel about this one. There's always women um, playing uh, playing music, so we just never kind of doubted that women could play music, which is great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like we met Kristen Hirsch when we were kids, and uh, she's lovely, and um, she's playing a, a show in a bookshop. Um, okay, wow. In Dublin here. Um, when, yeah. when, what period? When was that? I wonder. Because oh, I, I, I interviewed her around yeah, maybe 1994. Yeah, um, I don't I just, think we were. I think we were about seven or eight. So yeah. we would have been three at that stage. But okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I should say that your your twin, uh, Julie. You've, yeah. Twin-headed wolf is yeah. is are you is you. Yeah. Um. So um. So. Yeah, Brandon, so, so you were given, you were fed this music and was that deliberate on your uncle's part? To, to do oh, that? totally, yeah. He used to do loads of weird experiments on us. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Seems, <laughs> like a good, um, seems like a very good thing to have done, mm, right? To give totally. you that feeling of the, yeah. the possible. and the... Yeah, and this, this particular album had a big impact. Um, just It's just so alive and it's yeah. so beautiful and just full of bizarre like timing changes and like it's just they're just such a weird interesting band and she was like 14 like when she started that band yeah. and um yeah it kind of led me to like reading her book uh yeah yeah that so so the book looks really interesting i didn't know about it till, till yeah. you said it this week so paradoxical sorry paradoxical understanding right undressing undressing yeah wow there's yeah. a little bit of difference there yeah <laughs> it's a it's a phenomenon that happens when people suffer from hypothermia that they uh start getting when they're so cold they believe their body starts burning so they take off all their clothes before it's really bizarre wow um yeah, it was a really so it's a, it's kind of based around like one year of her life when she was eighteen and she was um yeah, like just hanging out on Long Island and I think she got hit by a car and then when she's on her bicycle and then sort of noises started coming to her that kind of meant that they would just kind of like plague her until she could make a song out of them yeah. uh, and they wouldn't go away at all <laughs> until so, she's made yeah, a song. So, so, so is, uh, does the book go into great detail about it. it's it's about more things than that but that in itself is a book's really? worth of, uh, of yeah, really i mean it's so interesting so yeah so the concussion created something that when it came to the formation of songs they kind of started off as noises that she yeah. couldn't get rid of. Is that, she had that's, to pick is that the melodies or the kind of words out of the noise. And then you can kind of feel it in the songs because they're so chaotic nearly, but it's yeah. really interesting. And then I guess she was like hanging out in like, um, like a squat called the dog house as well. And then I ended up actually living in a squat called the dog house on Metro Square, which is funny, uh, <laughs> which uh, retrospectively it was called the dog house, um, which is funny. It just kind of like led me to like those <laughs> strange things. And then I just love the imagery as well. Like she's got like this particular song yeah. is about a f uh, an image in the squat where they had like a, a fish nailed to a crucifix. It was really bizarre. I just love all these like really bizarre images. And, yeah. and I just love her personality because she's just like, 
like she's interested in making art like I think one of her quotes is that famous for dorks I think I just love that because it's just about yeah. making something beautiful and yeah. not worrying about what the world thinks about it do you know what I mean it's just I found that really inspiring for sure as a, um yeah. let's hear it and maybe chat some more about yeah. the amazing Tanya Donnelly yeah Oh, sorry. Kristen Hurst. That's Kristen your stepsister. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is uh, Tanya and Kristen Harris together.
uh, the quote that the sounds would alter their sonic vocabulary until I was hearing syllables and drums. I love the way that that might have come together. That, those wonderful images that they mm. paint there. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've had they have quite a significant place in that they were hugely influential uh, beyond their kind of um, whatever it was that they did in the marketplace. You got to see them, Brandon. Um, yeah, a few years ago, they were playing in the academy. It was a real kind of like, I don't know, like initiation moment of like loving them for so long and then getting to see them yeah. live was great. Yeah, yeah, and she still had as much energy. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was great. And, and you would say, you know, from what you said earlier, that they were pretty key in terms of enabling you to, or would you say they were in terms of early on influence of, of I think, taking uh, up your own? I think uh, that... I think more than anything else, they just give permission. I think that's the biggest thing is like, okay. and I think that's the biggest thing you can give any creator is like, oh, you know what? We're going to go boldly out uh, into this unseen, uncharted territory and just totally be ourselves. And I think that really sort of enabled me and Julie to feel like, um, yeah, there's just permission to do whatever you want to do. And the more that you give yourself permission, the more you give other people permission and the right. more interesting kind of boundaries get pushed. And yeah, I think yeah. it's, yeah, I think that's the thing. So the evolution of your own uh, making music with Julie. Um, yeah. So what? how early on was it that you started to do that? Um, well, we used to be in our own bands, like from the age of... Well, I started writing songs when I was 14, but we... Uh, we'd started, we started our own bands, like a guy called Paddy Mulcahy down in Clare had like a project for the all the teenagers to kind of come and play music and stuff. Um, and, the, and playing tr traditional tunes? Uh, no, this was, uh, well, I suppose like we grew up in Clare, so there was always trad everywhere yeah. anyway. But um, no, this is more for like the sort of gothy sort of outsiders okay. to go and to play music. music and, yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, and then we had our own kind of bands, like I, I did my own stuff and so did she. And then... We were at a party one time, I think we were like 19 or 20, and just the name Twin-Headed Wolf came to us. And um, we said, if we ever have a band, we should call it Twin-Headed Wolf. And then we we're like, why don't we have a band? <laughs> and then we right. just did it. And then It's yeah. funny how the name came first. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a great name. Yeah. Um, so then just in terms of your own practice, and you, you also studied sculpture, right? Am I, I right? I did, yeah. 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 So like bringing sort of you know um i mean you brought so much to the table literally when it came to the twin headed wolf sound and performance and i remember being so struck by all these different elements of but so so was that a gradual thing or was that kind of seeing as you, you kind of inhabited the name from day one was it <laughs> was it something that was there or you know did it take a while for you to to kind of be more play like playful yeah and, to develop uh, those aspects of it adventurous parts of it um I don't think so. I think we were all like, actually, do you know what I think? Like um, being a twin is really helpful because you always, it's way easier to just be your crazy self and just have that be completely supported. So no matter what we brought up with each other, we're like, yeah, totally. It's kind of like this, like, yeah. and I, I, in second year, started making like instruments out of like junk and bones and stuff yeah. like that. So it wasn't, it was quite uh, related, I suppose, to what, yeah. um, to kind of, we were kind of bringing all of ourselves into it from different aspects and yes. And then Julie was studying, she did like um, classics and philosophy and she brought like ancient Greek music and uh, yeah, I suppose we were just always like a bit 
silly and experimental. So I don't think it was a gradual thing necessarily. It's more like, yeah. oh, we have more permission to bring more of ourselves into this picture. And it doesn't have to subscribe to like, you know, we need a drum and set and, you know, yeah. bass and whatever. It's just like, let's just bring whatever we have. So. When it comes to the gathering and the making of instruments and, and, the, and, and that element of your work, right? I mean, there seems that you have uh, like uh, a feeling for, you know, sound in so many different aspects and how it works and, and all of that. Would that be sort of like something that's also been there from your, you can remember growing up in Clare and being into that or how, how did that develop? Is that an interesting question? Um, I don't know, like, I feel like, uh, there's sort of like an equal balance between everything. It sounds really pretentious to say, but it's like, like the whole world is actually musical and like, do you yeah. know what? I'd be as inspired as like the chugging of a bus engine as I would be from someone playing some gorgeous sonata on a violin. Do you know what I mean? So I don't feel yeah. like, I don't really, uh, just like not to say what is it like judge certain sounds as being more musical than others necessarily do you sure, know what i mean so sure. yeah I think well that, that, that was exactly why i was interested because it seems like you know that that's very much you know in a very quiet and um a statement of you know what you're doing it's like there's um it's all music yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some of the specific stuff. Uh, so, uh, Brahman, so the second, uh, we'll, we'll take another choice before you go back to play a song live. So, so we go to Norway this time. Yeah. And uh, so you recorded your debut album in, in or sorry, you recorded the Twin Twinhead Wolf album in Oslo, yeah. right? So you've got a Norwegian connection. So you can, you're the person who's going to pronounce this name. <laughs> I just had a tutorial today. <laughs> Terje Isungset. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And and anything about this music that that's... Yeah, this is, um, so I remember when I was in second year, someone just left an article open on my desk and it was like, Ice Fest, a festival where people make instruments out of music. And I was like, okay, I'm going. And then right. <laughs> myself and my friend went over, because my uncle and my mother live in Norway, so we went to Oslo and then got a train up to Yilo to see this uh, happen. And it's this, this particular guy um, was first commissioned to... Uh, play a uh, frozen waterfall and then he kind of invented the concept of ice music and so um then he kind of uh paired with sculptors and made like ice um cellos and harps and horns and uh all kinds of then actually there's a really when the first time i went there was these basque twins playing uh, this instrument which is like a big huge xylophone but it was made of ice and um it's called a zaloparta and they and they kind of had this percussive conversation back and forth with it it's so beautiful and interesting and yeah so it's, it's the first full moon of every january they hold it um yeah in yailo which is like halfway between oslo and bergen and uh, yeah, it's definitely, if you go there, you're like, there is actually nothing more magical happening on earth right now. And also, yeah, I've been twice as well, but the, it's really interesting because when I was getting a CD, they, I was like, which one should I get? And they're like, oh, well, the ice froze really well this year because they take <laughs> the the lake, the ice from the lake. So okay. depending on how the freeze goes, the, the music, the instruments are going to sound nicer depending on how wow. solid. The, so it's really funny that they had that perspective. On so it's side. a good year, a bit like the yeah. wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you get to play on any of the instruments? Oh my god, I, I would take love it, to. I take it. No. Oh no, you didn't know. Oh, they because yeah, they actually do concert. They go to like concert halls and they kind of pack them up in frozen trucks. Oh, that's unbelievable! Yeah. So it goes around in a freezer, and yeah. the idea of 
like you know the the um, yeah. So instead of the roadie having to hump the gear, it just melts and you just move on. I know, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> so um, let, let's hear it. The this is yeah. Also, go on. Yeah. Just, oh sorry, he's One collaborating with a singer who called Lena Willemark from mm -hmm. Sweden, who's also a trad um, Swedish player and jazz musician. So yeah, yeah beautiful. Thanks, Brian. Oh, oh, oh. 
ice everything from now on, Branwyn. That's so beautiful. I love all the the kind of uh, the ambient sounds there. Um, would I be right in saying right up your street? As as you take to your um, position to, um, what are you playing there, uh, Brandman? Now we're going to hear a live song again. We're going to hear Qua 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 next. Okay, I absolutely love this song. Cool. Um, what are you going to be making the noises with? So this is a um, jerry can from World War One, and uh, yeah, I got it in a market. I was on my way to my brother's communion. And I had the money for him in, in a card. Oh, I like this story already. <laughs> this guy was just like, you need these petrol cans. And I was just like, he knows, because he knows me and he knows I'll just buy whatever junk he has lying around. So he's okay. like, they're from World War One. They've had such a life. And I was just like, oh God. So then I went to my brother's communion with these petrol cans, owing him like 50 quid for like, it's very silly, but yeah. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, and will I tell you the story behind the song? Or Please, really? yeah. Um, so this is a song that's inspired by um, uh, an origin myth um, from the Inuit people. And um, so, and it's also really interesting because this exact same story repeats itself throughout so many different um, cultures and countries. And like, there's a French story, there's loads of stories. Um, and so this particular uh, myth begins with um, the beginning. And the beginning was like this sort of rich, inky blackness in which all forms could um, morph between themselves. So if you were a hill, you could become a deer or you could become like a tree or a crow. Uh, and the story goes, and it's sort of like, yeah, if you understand just when darkness exists, it's like when you're falling asleep, sort of the edges of things start bleeding away. And it's this kind of like this nice kind of like totality or something. Like darkness is kind of like a collective thing, I think. Um, and anyway, so the form of the crow steals away from the darkness and discovers the light and brings the light back in its beak. And then sort of uh, when the light hits everything, it sort of becomes defined in its form. And uh, so it's sort of like the light is the marker of the boundary or the edges of things, I suppose. Uh, and so, yeah, I really like that story. Um, and then it's also called the Qua Qua Qua, which um, means the light, light, light. And it sounds a lot like ah, ah, ah. So, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the, and then there's, yeah, there's so many other stories, but um, the crow also being sort of like the, the character who moves spirits between worlds and stuff, even in an Irish mythology that's yeah. it's a sort of companion to death in a way. But yeah, so um, this is the song. <laughs> um, yeah, and I hope by being inspired by that, that I'm honoring that myth as well and those people. So. Dream. 
brought the quaqua, qua, he brought the light. He brought the quaqua, qua, qua, he brought the light. He brought the light. He brought the light. He brought the light. That's wonderful, Brandon. Do you want to make your way back over here? While you do, I, I just your communion story is, is very consoling for me. <laughs> My day started with, I bought these uh, pair of gloves in uh, is a charity shop um, near where I live for three euros the other day. And I must say, I felt very good about this purchase. And, uh, and today I was cycling over here and uh, I discovered I, one of my gloves had fallen out of my pocket. So I turned around and when I turned around and went back to retrace my steps on the retrace my wheels, um, I got a puncture. And uh, but anyway, look, sometimes you know you set out with money to buy your brother a communion <laughs> present, and you come home with a World War Two jerry can, uh, one glove, yeah, <laughs> one glove. Um, so, Batman, just what something you said there about the way the origin myth about that it being different versions in different languages and cultures. Um, Myths like songs, I mean, or songs like myths rather, I mean, these are, you know, the way that, that different versions of songs in different cultures can have religious aspects or, or the way that songs move around, but they're not fixed things really, are they? They're just, you know, I mean, the way that, you know, it's something that keeps changing through time and, and music kind of reflects all those changes, right? Would you be, do you think? Uh, I'm sorry, I don't really understand what you're saying. What, what, I suppose when it comes to, we'll say that the versions of there being, you said it, the origin myth that you were, that, that there was different ones in, in oh, yeah. different languages. Yeah, yeah. But what I, my point being that like, um, you know, that's, that likewise, when it comes to songs, you know, they can mean sort of like, you know, the way an ancient song from Scotland yeah. can end up in America and be different verses oh, yeah, and so yeah, on yeah. and so forth. And we take it and we take this meaning from it and we, you know, yeah. but I suppose my point being a very general question is that it's one of the few things that you can kind of map through time the way that they kind of travel around, you know. Yeah, and it's very, yeah, this is a really interesting uh, topic because I feel like um, the point at which we pressed record was the point at which the sort of evolution of song and sort of the um, the kind of 
purpose of song maybe like or how it sits into like having a function in mm -hmm. community kind of um uh just became changed in some way and like for me like the thing so say like with like uh loving traditional music and uh loving kind of the night before i got stretched or like all the singing nights and stuff mm. is because like I feel like for a really like all of those songs that have been around for so long, I feel like they're actual entities that sort of like hop into people and like kind of like live in a voice for a little while until then it kind of like hits another person. And then so they've sort of like lived a lot longer than we have. So they're sort of like mm. these and, and they've kind of survived because of uh, living through people's voices and making people kind of come alive with them. <laughs> and in a way for me, that's like what, what I feel like music uh, is and kind of um yeah beautiful yeah it just lives in people uh and comes alive in people or people come alive with the music and yeah that's why i really like prefer seeing people play music and yeah, yeah. because there's yeah. something i mean i'm really glad i i took two goals at asking the question because <laughs> it's a great answer but there is something in the exchange of a song being sung and you know and those nights that we've been very lucky in dublin yeah. uh um you know, with um, the Goline is another mm, uh, yeah, uh, totally. an ancient and unbreakable example yeah. of what we're talking about, <laughs> of the way things move about and, and how it works. You know, it's yeah. just wonderful. Um, how, how sort of when it comes to the kind of, um, you know, um, there's nothing really that can be recreate the, the sound of somebody singing within your earshot. Right. That's that's. Mm, yeah. Would you say that's kind of, I guess that's the most powerful of all, really? Yeah, like totally, because to me, music is uh, an experience and I feel like, uh, yeah, so like when I listen to recorded music, sometimes it makes me just really overwhelmed because I don't have the context or the presence or yeah. the, the people that it's living in, I suppose, it's sort of like disembodied mm. spirit stuff. Mm. I, yeah, so I feel like it's much nicer to see people act actively making music come alive. And I yeah. think, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go back to some of the recorded stuff. Yeah. Um, so I absolutely love the name of this uh, band, Mama's Broke. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more about them. Um, these are friends of mine from uh, Canada and they are just, and um, me and Julie did a tour with them actually, and with Trent Wolf in like 2015. Uh -huh. It's actually the book fair where I found that uh, book that uh, yes. is in front of us. Um, and yeah, they're just so amazingly talented and just amazing. And I just would love to share the music. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, uh, thank you for sharing yeah. it. And let's get to the book in just a little mm. while. Okay. So this is Count the Wicked by Mama's Broke. Sleep. 
But the light of the sun fucks my grip Now we must sleep And it comes cold black Did you, so, sorry, Bremen, did you get to tour with Mama's Broke? Yeah, we did a little tour in 2015, yeah. Yeah, so so tell me where the, uh, so Lady Jane Wilde, right? So when I asked you to to do the show and um, you uh, graciously accepted, I, I was saying about, is there somebody, you know, uh, you know, that we could talk about? And, uh, and so Lady Jane Wilde and the Accenture's Charms and Usages of Ireland, um, I... Never knew anything about this amazing woman. Um, so, so it came into your world in 2015. How did yeah, it? Yeah. How did it come in? Actually, you just uh, we did a show in Kilkenny, and there was a book fair that was on, and then uh, I saw this book, and I was like, "There's something calling me with this book. I have to buy it." So I did, and then yeah, it turned out to be one of the best things I ever did. Was yeah. yeah, was it something that? Uh, it, well, did it kind of inform? or backdate some sort of confirmation on some of the things that you were interested in anyway or is it a, yeah, yeah well it's just so interesting it's yeah. yeah i mean yeah things it definitely kind of like things i was already curious about exist in those books in in that book in in a way that um yeah yeah that's very exciting and weirder than i thought so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah you had high expectations they were raised so but it yeah. says about supernatural influences in the art of healing so so mm. so i mean I, I take it that that stretches across the spectrum of the supernatural yeah um it's very interesting so yeah it's sort of well just an introduction to the book is that like so there's a movement around the 1890s of cultural nationalism where lots of sort of wealthy protestant people were sort of like very national nationalistic yeah. what is oh god i can't remember <laughs> yeah i guess nationalistic um and they were trying to um give the irish people back what was taken from them so they by going around to the old people uh -huh. in the west and collecting um sort of like the ancient sort of um healing things that they would do the rituals and the the herbal things and the yeah so yeah and and all the stories and and yeah. sort of the origins of things like bialtana and all this kind of stuff like there's so much and like yeah. the like wake games and superstitions and yeah all this kind of stuff yeah. so yeah it's really really interesting and and and, um, and so um and she also published under the name Speranza yeah, in the did. nation her yeah. poetry so you know she she was like operating on all fronts yeah I think she got a like some kind of journal shut down because she was saying she was calling for an armed revolution yeah okay uh, and then it went to court and then she stood up in court and proclaimed that she was Speranza but nobody believed her and yeah, yeah. so yeah she's really quite a character <laughs> yeah. and the copy you have there um Randman actually was published in in 18 when 1890 yeah 1890 and so so I mean 
so this book is is still relevant in 2020 and yeah. uh, and will go on being relevant right yeah and in a way like it's funny that it does give me back parts of like m- my relationship to ireland that i don't didn't have access yeah. to do you know what i mean because it's from a different time and like yeah and what's really fascinating is that some of the rituals are so pagan and then they're just like yeah like if you have a toothache you have to find a blacksmith and like walk around the anvil like seven times at <laughs> dawn for like three days straight and sure recite the pattern austria <laughs> just like okay, fling yeah. in some kind of catholic stuff in there but like okay. it's totally and like ireland is kind of the place where catholicism was assimilated more than kind of imposed yeah. so there's yeah. still so much pagan stuff to be found if you dive into catholicism as well yeah, so, yeah do you think that i mean it's interesting that she was coming from such a different place but to it must have been like her intention of giving the Irish people back all this information mm. clearly you know it's it's goes on working that yeah, that, that she sure. was true to that and, yeah absolutely um so we'll move on to the next piece of music um so tell us about mountain man uh, um <laughs> it's actually given to me by a flute maker he made me a, a burned a cd copy of this cd for me um uh, I think like 2013, Martin Doyle was his name. Um, he gave me this and some of tomatoes from his greenhouse. <laughs> He's like, you and your sister should really listen to these guys. And they've just, I don't know, it's kind of like when so many people happen to get into something at the same time. Like yeah. I remember, actually, Mom is Broke. Uh, the first time I went to New Orleans in 2015, like I remember seeing them like standing on a street corner and we were all just singing songs on the corner outside a bar and like we sang this particular song together. We we're just like, oh my God, we all know it. And just like it kind of inspired us to all start singing together a lot more. So it's really, well, yeah, there's some magic. In I it, think the, sure. the universe was involved somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. uh, so this is River. Same too. Oh, we will not 
So this time the, the unfrozen uh, variety of water, it's a river from Made the Harbour by Mountain Man. What a beautiful song. Thanks uh, for bringing that, uh, Brandman. So um, we're going to hear another one from yourself now. Uh, what's this one? This is called Fever in Bedlam. Uh, yeah, and it has lots of meanings. Um, one is kind of particularly about learning how to be one person and not a twin, I think. Yeah, so. Thanks, Branwyn. So um, 
we're going to, uh, we've now reached the part of the conversation uh, which I was most looking forward to, which is talking to you about polyphonic singing. Um, so um, I love the explanation of, one explanation of that song being how to be one person. That's a very useful um, theme for a song. Um, so we're going to hear uh, Trenda Filka in a little while. Um, so they, it's described as modern exploration of European polyphonic traditions, but it's actually New Orleans, right? Am I right? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And the group is, did you say 11 or 12 people? Or? 11 or 12 people, yeah. So like, um, look, it's, it's a source of great fascination for me. Um, I suppose, I, yeah, I was trying to think uh, this morning of things that, that, I, that I love about polyphonic singing. I mean, in the same way that sometimes when you see jazz being played, it feels kind of architectural and that you can kind of find your space in that or a place yeah. in that. It also feels like, you know, that there's some kind of like, uh, I don't know, a grid in there that you can fit into. And it see, feels like you can, I don't know, um, that there's it's some kind of dream of coexistence or something or ideal or I don't know. Yeah. Is that is that anyway? Look, there are my totally. initial thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So what? Like, I mean, so everybody's in 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 the tradition. Every all those parts are. How, how does it work actually in in technical terms? Is nobody is dominating or taken, or how does it work? In yeah. The, in so the, it's kind of like a um, an equality, I suppose, of the voices where there's no kind yeah. of primary voice. It's like just uh, a mix of. Um, yeah, there's sort of equilibrium between all of the voices. And then I think it's from between three to six parts is what they're doing in this. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, why don't we listen to it and talk a little bit about um, the form itself in yeah. after we hear it. Okay. So uh, this is... Well, will I tell you what it is first so you know? Please do. Yeah, it's really... Because this is a special piece, right? Uh, yes. yes. Uh, I just want to get this right. Sorry, look at my notebook. Um, so this is a Latvian pulling song. And a pulling song is what people used to sing uh, when the spring was late uh, and they would sing to try and pull the seeds above the ground. And it's funny because when I saw this live, I actually felt like that was happening to my body. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like it it's really, working. It's, it's, working, yeah. it's really fascinating. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, actually my notes are, anyway, just made this longer for you. <laughs> take, your, take your time, yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Um, I don't know if I can pronounce this right, but Rosa Siesma, I think is what it's called. Yeah, uh -huh. so that's what the polling Oh, yeah, it's, called. Uh, so it's Wild Rose. Okay, Wild Rose, beautiful. Oh, sorry, that's what Trendafilka means, but the name of this song Oh, so, so yeah, Trendafilka yeah. means Wild Rose in Bulgarian? In Bulgaria, and that's the name of the group, yeah. And oh. then Rosa Siesma is what the song is called. Okay, yeah. wonderful, beautiful. <laughs> Rota, 
Brandman, is it is it uh, so? I always associate the heartland of of the form being uh, Bulgaria, but it extends across Europe, does it? Or I mean, of this style of singing, yeah, polyphonic, polyphonic singing, yeah, yeah. I think it happens in so many places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I guess maybe the the like Georgia and kind yeah. of like as far as Ukraine and Latvia and yeah, loads of places. Sure, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, in terms of, uh, I know that there's a project, because I was lucky enough to see you uh, singing this uh, just a few months ago with uh, Zoe and Anamika. So you're working on a project. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on there with that? Yeah. So actually, this is very well, it's a nice segue <laughs> to this. <laughs> Look, I did my research. <laughs> um, so some of the people who are involved in Trendafilka are also in a band called Blato's Lato, which means swamp gold in Bulgarian, and they kind of do Bulgarian music and they tour there every year. Uh -huh. And in 2018, myself and Zoe and Anamika went to Eastern Europe just for, we went to like a few countries to kind of like go and see if we could learn um, and collect some songs and kind of meet different people. And um, just because we really wanted to, and and we ended up meeting one of the people from Lato's Lato who gave us the name of a teacher who taught us a song that we all sing in Bulgarian. Uh, and then we were like, wow, we really like singing together. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, it was a gorgeous um, experience. And then um, I've been kind of writing songs for, actually pretty much inspired by Mountain Man as well. Like, oh, yeah. And from all the sessions and everything, songs that um, people can sing together. And they kind of have really slowly kind of like built out of a little kernel and some of them like, oh, sorry, I'd be uh, uh, just sharing with people and then other strangers would just sing them back to me. And I'm like, I wrote that song, that's mad. And I kind of, just cause they kind of have traveled a little bit through people, which uh, is yeah. lovely. So it's kind yeah. of like the folk thing. And then I was like, well, sure, if that's happening, I'd love to just honor them in the best way I possibly can. So during lockdown, I finished writing like 10, well, I wrote like 16, but 10, I'm really want to focus on with the guys. Um, and I asked Anamika and Zoe if they wanted to be part of it. And they said, yes. And so, yeah, so then we met you in the middle of a residency mm. in um, Kilrodery House, which mm -hmm. was lovely. They gave mm -hmm. us their library and their lovely statue gallery to sing in, which is really nice. Well, um, I can testify to what's what's coming with this project because I've heard two of those songs and it's so stunning. Um, so can I just, it, it is, it's so really written for three parts, right? Or yeah. is that kind of the specific? Yeah, brief? well also I suppose it's just because that's the kind of the, there's three of us that I want to work with as well. Yeah. But also, I think... Is it like the, the name Twinhead Wolf or the number just was there and you uh, yeah, just decided to honor it? Yeah, yeah, totally. There's three of us, so... Um, and also with the intention that people can learn these songs as well, because mm. that's kind of what I want them to exist as, not just, oh, those special people over there can sing these songs. It's kind of, I would like them to be... Mm. They are, we've kind of created the really complicated songs, but mm. sure, maybe we'll kind of... Um, my my intention is to maybe make a little book so people can sing them themselves. Okay. Well, so, yeah. well, can I just say just like as a as a guinea pig, um, I couldn't get those songs out of my head for oh. several days afterwards. <laughs> just, just put all um, the earworms I put in the mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> Extra earworms. Um, we're going to move on and and take one more choice, um, and it's in uh, the general area. We're going to Poland next. Um, so this uh, group are called Sutari. Again. Um, 
there's a common theme, I think, in, in, in all of the choices, Bradman, in that there's, you know, the thing I was saying at the start about the world of sound, or sorry, rather, sound worlds, that, you know, it's, it's, these people, again, are coming from a place where um, it's not just con confined, confined, confined to uh, actual instruments. They're using, um, you know, kitchen implements, etc., and And in a very kind of meaningful way, yeah? yeah. So <laughs> is that fair to say? Yeah, like, and that as well, like they're, well, they're also um, theater performers as well. They, I think they mesh through the theater, but um, I think their intention with using kitchen implements is sort of like remembering the songs that their grandmothers would sing in the kitchen and sort of like, maybe sort of like songs that women would be singing while doing their work in the day, do you know what I mean? And, and that's kind of the, yeah. And just watching them is, unbelievable if you ever get a chance go and see them they're just so we can probably you so can probably see stuff I, I i had a quick look this morning yeah. on um on youtube of them performing right as well yeah, yeah. they're just witty Sitari. and so talented and just so yeah they also have given themselves permission with within their group to just do whatever they want to do and like they're playing yeah. like bowls of water and whatever graters and yeah. really just i like i remember seeing them and i was just like this is what music is this is just what it did it's, yeah. it was so amazing yeah. so Indeed. yeah comprise of the elements of real life, this is the sound of Sutari. Yeah. fantastic introduction can we just say what that album is from Brandman, so we can uh, direct people this is i just got another tutorial zipponi zjalku uh, which is a song about johnny who's looking after his horses and lost them when he saw a pretty woman uh so and then it's from the album osti and there yeah 
I really highly recommend looking up. Yeah, beautiful. I, and, and that's also on Bandcamp. I, I, um, when it comes to the kind of poetic ordinariness of, of you know, the way that they, you described it lovely about it being coming from it being what music about, which is it comes from life and it comes from what's all around you and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, I suppose, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm uh, asking you to confirm for me that that's something that like, you believe in yourself oh, you know, absolutely. in terms of how you approach yeah. your own practice yeah absolutely yeah I feel like yeah um I think music just makes me come alive in a way that I don't otherwise and I feel like it's because it's a place where I can draw all of the elements of my own life into one place mm -hmm. and kind of and then being on stage is like another thing because it's like oh I can create this space to invite other people into the world that I kind of because I think yeah if you picking up on specific things all the time. You can just kind of like weave them into a nice little tapestry of a song or whatever that is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Then, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sort of. And in, um, in on the stage, that stage craft, right, which is something that, you know, you've also got in your, um, um, in your armor, is that the right word? Um, so it's, well, you've got like a World War II jerry can. <laughs> Armadillo. <laughs> no, I just say that uh, what I mean is that, um, you know, the presentation of, of your work, right? You know, because clearly it's a very, um, you know, I mean, if, if you don't mind me saying, very uniquely presented. Um, is that something that kind of, you know, you, you, you feel is evolving and that is something, I mean, for instance, you've spent a year without performing, right? As in, as in uh, like everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah, how does it feel kind of thinking about where to go next or is there, you know, kind of things to be done where you'd, I think I read a post where you were describing what was going to happen this year and, uh, you know, the way obviously that all changed. Yeah. But going forward, there's things to be done. You have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I also do performance art, so that's mm -hmm. another sort of um, wing to uh kind of questioning what the stage means and how you can like there's so much more potential i think that's really beautiful to mm. play with and i really miss it i actually and like it's fun because like i was doing a tour earlier this year and like uh, i didn't have with a petrol just the can, art or with the music uh with just music but oh, yeah. um and i didn't have my petrol can with me because i was out away abroad and i had to like every before every gig i had to find like a wheelbarrow or whatever i could find to kind of okay. play and there's one just kind of like the liveliness of that is really enjoyable but yeah and yeah i suppose the things that are coming now is uh um myself and zoe and anamika are gonna make yep. this record hopefully in the beginning of the year we did lovely demos um uh and by lovely brian who uh, yeah. from you vagabonds he's great he was recording stuff and um so and then I yeah I've, I'd be really curious to be more playful with sort of theatrical stuff so that's sort of something yeah. up my sleeve and I've also been writing lots of songs that are because I have like lots of different characters um who write songs out of me <laughs> okay. and there's sort of like a a very sort of like dreamy sort of guitar-y kind of character who wants to write quite soft songs but I'd like to fuck them up a bit so we'll see what happens <laughs> <there>. <laughs> That's my side. Yeah, so I was actually thinking about recording them. I was just down in Claire, but um yeah. my friend who normally I do my recording with changed his phone number and I was like, Are you blanking me? I met him in Super Value and I was just like he's like, I changed my number, I'm sorry. Well, at least there's no hiding place. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, well it sounds like, you know, there's so much to be done, Brian, and it's just fascinating to get an insight into your own approach and to your own sound world. Um just when it comes to the discipline, we'll say, of writing songs, so the, the 
did you say 15 that you'd written that that's going or is it how many when you or 10 sorry when it comes to the trio album right yeah i think we're gonna aim for 10 yeah yeah so um, like we'll say and then maybe extra songs that we like otherwise so yeah. like say the song we um learned in east Reader, but then oh, okay another folk song that we're do, do you write slowly or does it take or is it vary um so I bring flowers to the muses, if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, sure. They... <laughs> I think muses, is, muses was the last thing I wanted to talk about. These are important things, right? Throwing muses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I have a really sort of ethereal relationship with songwriting where I feel like, I feel like people would be like, what the fuck is she talking about? I'm so, so I'm kind of really wary about talking about this some, in some ways because yeah. I'm also wary maybe about breaking the magic as well. But I feel like sure, it's a it's a thin uh, line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I feel like that if you listen hard enough, there's things waiting for you, and that's also another reason I don't really listen to music very often. That's why I like to see it alive in people. But yeah, uh, because I like to be open to what's coming to me. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So and sometimes like I think when I was with Twin Headed Wolf. It was insane. Like a song would fall out of my mouth. Like I would just sit down. I'd like have to run home sometimes and go yeah. write a song. It would fall out of my mouth. And as I was singing it, I would hear Judy's harmony in my left ear. Wow. <laughs> uh, I actually used to live in a, another squad called the Dollhouse, and it was haunted by Elizabeth, uh, who's the ghost there. We used to like make her tea all the time. But I think she kind of threw a few songs at me as well. But she'd be kind of waiting in the most haunted room. Wow. Anyway, and then so then. Uh, there's other things like um, to sort of like, yeah, just picking up on things or or like feeling a feeling so deeply that it just emerges into music. My guitar as well. Here yeah, it is. yeah. Um, wrote songs for me as well. Yeah. I, me and him, H-Y-M-N, that's his name, yeah. uh, <laughs> wrote <laughs> songs together. But yeah, I think there's sort of uh, like... And then more recently, I suppose, because I want to write more complicated songs that don't happen in a huge hurry, I'm kind of really slowing things down and waiting patiently for like maybe the conversation that has to finish the song. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Right? So sometimes yeah. there's like, you're like, oh, I, I'm right. I've written a song, but there's like a verse that's not ready. And it means I just have to be really open minded to whatever's trying to get in at me so yeah it's very crazy sounding but i'm crazy i don't care it's fine <laughs> it's just... i think it makes perfect sense yeah um well i mean i like the idea of just you having to wait or bide your time or there being there being a waiting element to for it to be the right moment for mm. something to be finished or for it there to be another verse or the last verse or yeah i think dali was it i don't know who said it but there's like oh uh the muses are there, but they have to find you working as well. So you kind of always have to be ready, be like, oh, right. okay, I can yeah, run home yeah, now yeah. and go, but whatever. But yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, um, Bremen, will you and him be able to play us out then? Um, he, he's, he, he, him is finished for the moment. Oh, he's he's going to oh, it's, it's over for <laughs> him. <laughs> it's over for him. Well, it is, it is not like Naman, so it's over for him and every, all the other men. Yeah. No, um, so look, what about, um, yeah, so the last tune we're going to hear is the fourth one from your album and mm. it's the cricket, right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, will I tell you something? About Please it? do. This is a lovely phenomenon. So if you listen to crickets, you hear like, this strange chirping sound but if you record a cricket singing and then stretch the recording out so that the the cricket's heartbeat which is very quick because it's very small would match the human heartbeat then what you get when you match it to our heartbeat is this beautiful 
choir of cricket singing yeah. it's incredible i've and been you to can, youtube parties i know but it's so beautiful it's and it's maybe the most beautiful thing yeah it's incredible so then this is yeah just inspired by that yeah beautiful um, well once again brandman it's been a pleasure having you on make me an island thank you so much yeah, for having yeah, me yeah thank you again and uh Thanks to um, Ian and to Rico and everybody here on the Sugar Club, at the Sugar Club. It's been a pleasure doing business here. <laughs> on, uh, happy Nordic Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And Ooh. Happy New Year. <laughs> and Happy New Year. I hope it's a way better year. <laughs> Phew, 2020. Gone. <clears throat> cool. Um. Oh, cricket sing for you you are the name of his hymn waits to be washed in dew he knows the song of your skin song of your skin pale as milky daylight soft as sleep and trembling to Thank you so much. I want all the shows to end like this. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Um, wonderful, Bradman. Thank you so much. That was amazing.